Well, hello again, listeners. This is Jamie Ellis Pause Face um, coming to you with another word from the Lord, from me to you. Um, I want to thank each and every one of you guys for joining in. Okay, guys, so I'm um, coming back and I'm going to jump into another episode. Um, I told you guys this episode was kind of going to piggyback off of the episode I did before on comfort. And um, then uh, we'll go back into uh, the uh, finish up the last fruits of the spirit. But I think, um, you know, these are these are the episodes that the Lord put on my heart. And um, I know that it'll be a blessing to you guys. So let's just jump on in with some prayer. Okay. Um, Our fairest Lord, um, just want to thank you, Father God, for um, the word that you placed on my heart. I want to thank you, Lord, for... um, your um, unfailing love. I want to thank you for the listeners that's tuned in. And um, I just want to thank you for uh, your holy word that goes out into the world and doesn't return into you void. Father God, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be with me. You would speak for me as I deliver this message that you have for me. And I thank you for teaching me, um, teaching me uh, what this word means um, while I'm sharing it with um the listeners out there lord um i just pray for protection um and um that's physical mental emotional uh protection of all of the people that's out there lord um father god i just want to lift up in prayer um the explosion um in lebanon lord we just pray lord that you would just bring the people to safety and that you would uh help um place on the people's hearts to help each other at this time of need. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, um, that uh, you provide comfort and um, protection and um, ultimate ultimate justice that will be rendered with all of these tragedies, Lord. Um, We know that you're coming back very, very soon. And um, we just want to thank you and give you all the praise and glory as we deliver this message in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys. So this uh, message, like I said, it's called broken or brokenness. Um, Okay, so first of all, I just want to just start off with I just regularly just looked up the definition of what um, broken means. And the first definition said having, having a fractured or damaged, um, damage piece, um, having been fractured or damaged, um, no longer in one piece or in working order. There we go. <laughs> so having been fractured or damaged, no longer in one piece or in working order. Wow. And then the second definition said parentheses of a person. And then it says, having given up all hope despairingly, um, having given all hope despairingly. It sounds like a very, I don't know about you guys, but it sounds like a very depressing place to be in you know um i think um i look back at think about the definition that um west webster 
says for depression and they said it's to be just pressed down um like beneath the ground and just um feel like you're drowning basically you know so um i mean when i when i think about this definition i think about just the world like the world is just full of people with broken hearts people we have broken spirits and just broken relationships with each other and in result of that is because of you know sin you know sin that you know spread you know through the worlds from the beginning of time and um you know it's just it's just really it's really uh just doesn't doesn't get any better you know just our our whole entire world was just affected by sin but thanks be to god uh you know because jesus jesus came and he he set the ultimate example of just what it means to be broken and to to suffer i mean he came to the world um and he was rejected you know but in his hometown he was betrayed by you know his disciples he was um spit on and um just people were jealous of him he he endured a lot of physical pain um and then ultimately died on the cross for us you know it says in um in Isaiah 53 um you guys have your bibles let's turn to Isaiah 53 I'll try to um turn the pages a lot slower this time <laughs> um Isaiah 53 5 okay it says oh wait a minute it says but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his many stripes we are healed. As we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, or iniquity means sinful habits, of us, of us all. Okay, so Jesus, Jesus bared all of our sins on the cross, and he ultimately died for humanity um there's another scripture um i remember um just a second jesus dying you know um when he was breaking the bread um with the disciples um he broke the bread and then um his uh he poured the drink, which was represent was a symbolic. The bread was symbolic for his body, and then the uh, blood was the red wine was symbolic for his blood. You know, so Jesus ultimately, um, you know, used that symbolically to say that he was broken, and that um, we should remember that he he died for us. He died for us so that we can have um, be restored and be healed and and have. Um, a new life in him. Okay. So, I mean, brokenness, I mean, it looks like if Jesus is broken, um, we should have that same stance. I mean, Luke, Luke, um, nine 23, it says that, um, that we should take up our cross and follow him daily. Um, 
you know, so that that means that we should definitely follow um, God, follow Jesus, just like he, um, you know, laid down his life for us. Ultimately, he says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising a shame. Um, so the joy that was set before him was us because God loves us. And um, even when Jesus was in the garden, the Gethsemane and he was a. Uh, his human side, because Jesus was human. He was fully man, but he was fully God. And uh, his human side was just like, oh my God, I'm dreading being on the cross. Um, You know, I have to bear this and I don't want to die. But he said, you know, Lord, not as that will that this cup would pass from me, but your will. Um, And that in itself is very, uh, very, um, um, that in itself is very like just God like, you know, cause we in our, in our flesh, there's nothing that just, that's good. There's nothing that's just, uh, sacrificial, nothing, you know, um, and a part of the, the thing that Jesus did for us, you know, it was, it was a surrenderance thing. Um, and that's what, and that's what we have to do. That's what, re- that's what's required, um, for us to be restored and healed, we need to be, um, we need to surrender, um, and to have a heart posture like Jesus did for God. Um, when we take our eyes off ourselves, then we're able to, um, fully just see God. We're able to have God eyes like God. There are things in the, in life that God needs to break in our in our life like pride pride especially um being strong-willed um our sinful habits our iniquities being jealous um and and the list goes on and on stubbornness you know so these are the things that God has to break in us and he you know desires to let's go over to Isaiah 57:15 We're going to be spending a little time in Isaiah today, a couple chapter, Isaiah 57, verses 15. Okay, turn there if you have your Bibles, or you could just listen. It says, um... Starting at verse 15. For thus says the high and mighty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So we see here, you know, God is saying, you know, he's he's a. he he desires that um he desires um to be with us you know while we're broken and he desires a broken and contrite spirit um i think it even uh says that in uh i can't remember the scripture i'm sure i'll probably remember while i'm talking <laughs> um yeah god desires that he um there we go okay so that's um psalm 34:18 let's put our thumbnail there and then go that's going forward. 
Psalm 34. Psalm 34, 18, really, really fast. It says, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as a contrite spirit. Okay. Let's go to verse 19. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Okay. So that kind of ties into, let's go put our finger back into Isaiah 57. It really kind of ties directly into this verse. So we see here, God desires a broken and contrite spirit. And it makes sense because, I mean, when we're when we're up there and we feel like we can live life in our own strong will and do the things that we want to do, we're not thinking about God. We don't need God, you know, because we, we feel like, you know, we, we got our, you know, our life under control. But it's something about just just uh falling short and just like going through life and and coming to like our knees and and just needing hope and something bigger than ourselves that just really helps us to yield to God and that's where um God meets us at um I think about the story and um I think about this story that I just read yesterday um and Samuel, Samuel uh, 9 or t- nine twelve, I believe, or 9, 15, the verse says, um, when God called Samuel, when God called Saul, I'm sorry, when God called Saul, he said, um, let's go there. Let's go there, actually, because it just kind of just like demonstrates to me, you know, just. Because, I mean, these are real people in the Bible, you know, and God uses these stories to help encourage his people, you know. So, um, and not even just Saul. I mean, not even just the story of Saul. Like, we think about Pharaoh. Pharaoh, um, he's notorious for just being stubborn-hearted and having a hardened heart and not wanting to let go of the Israelites, you know, and just keeping them captive into slavery. But God used that. He uses these um, situations, these impossible for us. It seems impossible, but um, these situations he breaks through so that he can get the glory from these things, you know. And um, when I was reading that, when I was reading Samuel yesterday, I was just like, wow, you know, it's just it really just shows to me just how big of a God God is, you know, because we may think that things are not worthy or that things shouldn't get, um, you know, we least expect things that we deem in our own eyes as being valuable. And God is just like, you know, I can use that weak thing and I can exalt that weak thing and place it on a pedestal because I'm God, you know. So it just kind of just shows to me God's sovereignty and also, um, you know, how he cares about us being, you know, just us not um, being so humble and us not, you know, having 
that um, high and mighty spirit and pride, like how he cares about how he wants to exalt us and put a crown on our head, you know, and he even tells us that, you know, God, he chooses the weak and foolish things of the world and to shame the strong and he uses the strong and mighty things to um, bring um, bring down low, you know, to exalt. So um, Psalms, I'm sorry, First Samuel 9, 12 says, this is when um, God, you know, chose Saul to be uh, the king to deliver um, the Israelites, to be the king of the Israelites to deliver them from the Philistines and any of the other armies at that time. It said, he said, as they went up the hill, no, no, verse 12, it says, and they answered them and said, yes. There he is just ahead of you. Hurry now, for today he came to the city because there is a sacrifice. Okay, I think I'm reading the wrong verse. Saul chosen. Okay, just a second. I'm just I think I probably Okay, um Then Saul said to his servant, "Well said. Come, let us go." So they went up to the city where the man of God was I think I may be ahead of myself Okay, we're just going to move on because I think I probably um, written down. I'm sure I probably did because it's just not in the right place. But basically, you know, he's saying what God basically said to Saul. He was just like, um, well, have I not chosen the least of the tribes of of Benjamin? Because, you know, he's from the line of Benjamin. Um to be uh to be king so you know it basically just goes what i'm trying to say is you know god this is how god does he chooses um just like joseph i think about the story of joseph um joseph you know he was um sold into slavery by his with his brothers because by his brothers and um you know he didn't he didn't know he didn't know he would be like basically right up under the king and um, have people up under him telling him what to do. He didn't know that, that that would happen. Um, I'm sure he missed his family dearly, but, you know, God placed him on a, you know, glorified him, um, to be able to help people. And that's the thing, like God doesn't just glorify us and, um, give us favor, uh, with people just to, just to do it, just to, just so that we can get the glory and just, oh, I'm, I'm up here and I'm all high and mighty. He does that so that we're able to help other people, 
you know. So, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, and like I said, in our flesh, we can get caught up in just thinking things like, you know, I've done this myself. I've done this in my own strength, you know, and um, when in reality, even the strength that we do have and it would say if we're not even if we're not in a high position or not, like just the very strength that we have just to go about day by day is by God. Um, you know, all, all strength comes from God, you know, some, he gives more than others, but, um, all strength comes from, all strength comes from the Lord. All power comes from God. And, you know, we have the very breath of life in us by God. So I just wanted to kind of just drive that, that point. Let's go to first Corinthians one twenty seven verse Chapter 1, verse 27, that'll be in the New Testament. Chapter 1 Corinthians, verse, chapter 1, verse 27. I think I was just in second. Corinthians. Okay. It says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Verse 28. And the base things of the world are the things which are despised. God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing. The things that are that no flesh, verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence okay um that just kind of goes into what we just said okay um let's go to psalms 51 you know david was broken david definitely was broken and and his is at his lowest um during this time um you know, that he had sinned with, with, with Bathsheba and then murdered, um, you know, her husband, Uriah, and then Saul being after him. I'm sure he felt alone. I'm sure he felt just shame. And in verse, um, in Psalm 51, let's go to Psalm 51. Psalm 51, verses 10. Let's start there. <laughs> um, create in me, he says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Verses 11. I'm just going to read verse 11, then we'll jump down to 17. Do not cast, cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Um, let's go to verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by your generous spirit. Okay, verse 17, it says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a and a broken and contrite heart. These, oh God, you will not despise. So we just see the differences, you know, from um, 1 Corinthians one twenty seven. the things that God despises and the things that he on in this scripture that he doesn't despise. So God doesn't 
Uh, like I say, God doesn't see as man sees. We look man, humans, we look at our outward appearance and we look at um, our actions. Not to say that our actions is not like it's not accurate, but God sees our heart. He sees our intentions. He sees our pain. He sees, um, you know, our most purest intentions of why we do the things that we do. And, um, you know, his, his desire is to heal us. Is His desire is to bring us on our knees so that we can get healed. And that's the hardest thing for man to do is just to get on our knees and just to ask for help. We can't even ask people for help. You know, it's hard for people to just ask other people for help. But to, to be able to get on our knees and to say, God, like I'm at my loss. Like I need your help. I need, um, this, this, the, to, you know, whatever the situation may be, you know, he has the antidote. He has that because he, we, he, we belong to him anyways. He desires to have a relationship with us for us to be restored to him. And, um, a lot of these things that I just said, pride and stubbornness stuff with all of these things get in the way of that. I think it even says, and, um, I can't remember the scripture. He says the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Like these things keep us away from God. Apart from God, we 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 just grope at other things. We grope at things to try to fill the void because we really deeply down, deeply down in our heart. We desire God, you know. Our deep need, like I said, is is to be reconciled to God. Um, when we start thinking about Jesus and <clears throat> what he did for us, we can begin to heal and take our minds off of ourselves. Um, Matthew 6.33, let's go there. That's the only way. <clears throat> The first book of the New Testament, Matthew 6, verse 33. Definitely going to have to reread Matthew again because it's a good book. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So, I mean, I think... I believe that, you know, just keeping our eyes on God, you know, that's when we're able to be healed. That's when we're able to just not. And I struggle with this area. You know, I definitely struggle with not fully being content um, in certain areas of my life. And um, those are things that I surrendered to God, you know, and the good thing about surrendering is that. You know, it does you no harm. It does you, <laughs> it does you no wrong. Once you bring that that weakness or that um, that area in your life that you that God has revealed to you, God, it's been, that means that it's in the light. That means that God's light has been shed on it, and that's a good thing because He knows what to do with that, and it's always for our good. It tells He tells us in Romans eight. 28, but all things work together for those that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose and good plan. So, you know, praise God for that, for caring about us and um, having a perfect plan for us.
Yeah. So when we are down, we seek the Lord genuinely. Um, <clears throat> another thing that, okay, let's go to. I can't remember what that scripture is. I want to say it is. Just a second. Okay, let's go to. Let's go to Hebrews 12, 2 and 3. So that's still in the New Testament. Right after Philemon, the book of Philemon, which is just one page. And it's before Peter, first Peter. Or it's before James. Okay, so let's go to 12, chapter 12, verses 2 and 3 we're going to read. It says, um, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, unless you become weary and discouraged in your souls. And you know what? I'll just read verse four because that that's a great point to remember too. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. Verse five. And have you forgotten the exhortation, which means like a strong, like thing, strong command, like to do something like it just strongly telling somebody to do something. That's what exhort means, which speaks to us as sons. It says, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when he when you are rebuked by him for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Verse seven, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what is son is there in whom the father does not chasten. But if you are without chastening, of which all have become participators of, then you are illegitimate illegitimate and not sons. Okay, let's back up. (laughs) I just think it's just like all goes together. I think it's, you know, um. So it goes back to what I was just saying earlier, you know, Jesus ultimately endured, you know, all suffering, you know, he was broken completely, even to the death on the cross. Um, But I like in verse three, how it says, uh, you know, how God is saying that, you know, he, he, you know, he endured all these things and, um, that we should be encouraged by that. You know, the life of a Christian, which means Christian in itself, the the very first time that was used, I think, was in Acts. But I believe that Christian means like Christ lover or lover of Christ, um, because if you love Christ, we'll follow him. You know, and I think as Christians, that's what God wants us to be like his son to be transformed into the likeness of his son and um 
you know, is we, we have to literally have the mindset of Christ as we go through this life because we're just passing through. Um, and then verse four says, he goes on to say, you know, like, you know, I, Jesus, have endured like bloodshed, you know, I've, I've, um, shed my blood for you. And, you know, I've taken on, um, being lashed with lashes of, um, against my flesh and was hung to death and died for you. But have you, he's, he's, he's tell he's telling us like as humans, like, have you experienced that type of pain? Have you experienced that type of, um, sacrificial, uh, suffering, you know what I mean? And then verse five, you know, God is saying that, you know, that through our pain, also remember, he's saying, also remember that through your pain, you know, I'm not doing it because I don't love you. I'm doing it because the very thing of just how I, you know, how I, um, like he said in Romans, you know, um, like he said in Romans, you know, um, I demonstrated my love by even while you were yet sinners, my son died for you. So now he's saying, you know, I love you so much that I die for you. But also remember that your suffering is, is not for my joy or my pleasure that your suffering um, is because I'm disciplining you, that I'm helping you to grow your spiritual holy muscles so that you can be conformed even more into like my son. You know, um, and then, um, and then he says, you know, if you're not, if I'm, you're not disciplined, then you're not a son, you know, just like a earthly father disciplines a son. So God does the same with us because we're his children and he's our heavenly father. Okay. Um, let's go to, you know, so brokenness is a blessing, you know, it's a blessing because, like I said, you know, we, I, I've heard someone says it's like through our pain is how we learn, you know, when we're broken and we're in pain, not only do we, um, not only do we grow, we, and, and we learn, you know, life lessons, um, but we learn not to make those same mistakes anyways. <laughs> I would think most people wouldn't make the same mistake, but sometimes, you know, that's okay. It takes sometimes a lot longer for other people, but ultimately, we learn uh, our lesson through that. Um, I remember somebody sent me sometime around last year, somebody sent me a picture of this like bowl that was like broken. And um, I think they said it was like an, a Japanese type of tradition where they kind of like use gold glue and wherever that crack was, they just kind of seal that crack and the bowl looks whole again, but you can still see that beauty mark just like, you know, when we fall and we have like a scrape, you know, we remember that, you know, falling off the bike. We remember those different types of like pain, painful moments. We probably remember the details even down to like, <laughs> like it was yesterday because it was very painful for us. Um, and um, they use gold because they believe they told me that they use gold because they believe that a person that, um, that a thing or a person that breaks or is broken, that it becomes even more beautiful after um, it's broken versus how it was before. And I'm just like, wow, you know, it reminds me of Jesus. Like, you know what he says in um, 
Oh, I can't remember the scripture. Just a second. What is that? Scripture. Where Jesus says that he gives us beauty for ashes. You know, it kind of reminds me of that. Um, because if you think about it, um, you can think about it. That's exactly what Jesus is doing for us. So let's go to Isaiah 61, three. I think this will definitely go right together. You guys know, I've always struggled with just organization, (laughs) um, with it, but I always deliver. Thanks be to God. Okay. We're going to Isaiah, um, Chapter 61, verse 3. I'm going to find that that scripture where it says the beauty for ashes (laughs) somewhere. Okay. Um, Verse 3, it says, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty. There it is right in my face. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Praise the Lord. Okay, so I mean, if beauty for ashes, like to me means like, I know, um, traditionally, like, um, in the Bible, like when you hear ashes, is a lot of verses that I read where when someone died, or um, like Job, you know, they always said that they put ashes on their head, which means is a sign that they're mourning, you know, that they're in mourning or that they're just in distress. Um, I think about in, uh, was it Esther? Yeah. So traditionally, culturally in the Bible, that's what it means. Um, so I feel like, um, I feel like God is just saying that he'll take our mourning kind of like that, that scripture in the Bible that says, uh, weeping may remain for the night, but joy turns in the morning. Um, and then I think about the scripture of, um, where God says that, um, the meek will inherit the earth and those that, um, mourn, they shall be comforted. I think that's in Matthew. Let's actually put our thumb in Isaiah 63. We're going to go back to that. And let's find that scripture. It's in the meek. I think it may be chapter five, but yep, chapter five. It says, uh, verse five of chapter five of Matthew. It says, "Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth." And then, um. If you go to verse four, it says, blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Um, as you know, like I said, you know, from the last um, episode, you know, God comforts us. He tells us and um, that he's the God of all sympathy and comfort in um, First Chronicles 1, 3, I believe. First Corinthians 1, 3. Um, you know, so and, and the meek will inherit the earth. Um, I think that once we are humbled. I think meekness is all about humbleness. It's not a weak thing. It's about being humbled and it's about, um, just, uh, considering others more highly than themselves. I absolutely can see how, uh, 
people that are meek can inherit the earth and have favor, not just with people, but with God also, because God is that way. You know, these are all godly attributes. And um, I can't remember what I was. Yeah. So, I mean, let's go back to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, verse 3. Yeah, so beauty for ashes. That's right. So I really, truly believe that, um, like, once we're mourning, God takes our mourning and that he gives us beauty for that. Kind of how it's saying about the Japanese bowl that... uh, he gives us he gives us joy. He gives us, you know, he tells us he tells us in um where I just uh up a few scriptures, he tells us that to give the joy of um the oil of joy for mourning, the garland of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So the praise and the joy, I think that that's all uh really tied into it. But also um I mean, it's helpful to know, too, that um, the nation of Israel at that time in Isaiah, because Isaiah is just kind of broken up into it's basically the Old Testament and the New Testament together. But I do know that um, in in this particular context that um, this was about this story was about the nation of Israel and it was talking about the future Messiah, which is Jesus that was coming really soon. And, um, under the Holy spirit. Um, and so it was just a prophecy about, you know, Jesus coming. Um, and you know, the Israelites being held in captivity by their captives and, um, in Egypt rather, and it also, um, I'm looking at, I think it also just reminds people in many places that um, there was sin against God. You know, God talks about it all through scripture about, you know, idols and disobeying his commandments and how, you know, and he always, right after he says that, you know, he's a loving God. He's full of grace and mercy. He always says, return to me like you're chosen. You know, I, I made you. You know, he always tells her that. So I think his, um, I believe that is, you know, it's always about that. And, um, so yeah, you know, and when we don't obey God enforces, you know, he gives us over to, you know, our sin because, you know, after so many times and then what happens, we, we sin and, and we, then we disown him. And then next thing you know, we're broken. We're, you know, physically broken. We're experiencing uh, financial hardship. We're just, our relationships are broken. But with God, God, we can always run back to God. He's always there. He can always, always there waiting for us to call on him so that we can get the healing that he always desired for us to get, you know. His anger doesn't last for that long. What's that scripture? It says um, his anger only endured for a moment, but joy. What it, What is it? Um, his anger will only be for a moment. But, uh, you know, we will just always be restored to him. You know, thanks be to God for that. Because, uh, 
you know, so Isaiah 61 just gives hope in the midst of, you know, the circumstances that was going on. Um, and just, um, his plan for the world and just how, you know, like I said, how Jesus was coming and that by Jesus coming that the world would, the entire world would be changed. You know, Jesus became the hope for the world because of Jesus. We have hope because of Jesus. We, we can come to God and be healed. But before Jesus, there was no hope, you know, there was just the law and the law is, you know, just as, the law doesn't save us only uh, by grace through Jesus Christ. It's like Ephesians 2 says, um, for it is by grace that you have been saved and it's not of ourselves. So um, praise be to God for that. Um, okay, let's go to It's another scripture I wanted to touch on that's similar to that. Yeah, so, you know, like I said, Jesus broke, he broke the bread um, in communion. I think I've already talked about that. Yeah, <laughs> he, you know, he, he became, he became broken so that we could be repaired and that we can be healed and whole again. You know, without Jesus breaking his body and dying for us, there would be no healing, period. Okay, so I would like to... Um. Go to, oh, I talked about Genesis fifty twenty. That's with uh, Joseph. Um, but I love his response. Let's go to that. Let's go to that scripture. Um, Genesis fifty twenty. It kind of just ties into Genesis chapter 50, verses 20. Verse 19, it says, Joseph said to them, do not be afraid for I am for am I in the place of God? In verse 20, he says, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. So Joseph, like I said, he's talking to his brothers They're, you know, um, they're, you know, basically up under Joseph's feet and under his authority. And um, there was a food shortage, um, you know, um, that they, you know, was was really just needing help from from Joseph. And they, they missed their brother. But at the same time, they were feeling guilty about, you know, what they did to him. But Joseph could have Joseph had that authority. He had that power. He could have, you know, abused his brothers. He could have sought revenge. But the only thing he says is that you meant evil against me. But he saw that, look, God is working through me. God worked through this entire situation, you know. So it just in this in itself, you know, whatever situation you're in and it doesn't seem like it'll get better, guys, remember that 
those seasons only last for a moment. Like they never last forever. And secondly, remember that God is with us through these things. Like he's with us. He understands, um, you know, what's going on. He sees, you know, there's no like curb balls or any surprise thing happenings that happen. It's just all according to God's plan, you know, um, Whatever we do, like he can always use whatever route we take or whatever we do for his good to bring us back to him and to bring glory to his name. Amen for that. Um, So I really I really like this scripture because it just reminds me that nothing is out of God's control. You know, Um, broken things, broken things are like I said, are usually deemed like worthless, worthless or are thrown. They're thrown out. Um, but God can use our pain for a greater purpose, just like in Joseph, like I said, you know, he used that situation. And then, um, you know, there's other stories we hear, you know, about in Daniel, um, and, um, you know, what he went through and, uh, how he got exalted him in that, in that, in that place, you know, through the Holy Spirit, um, so, you know, he can do the same for us. These people in the Bible, they were, you know, with God, they made mistakes. They um, were broken. They sinned against God. They were ashamed. They hidden. You know, even Jonah, he went, he was so ashamed of, you know, and, and when tried to run from God that he went into a belly of a fish <laughs> and God is everywhere. But, you know, ultimately, you know, he definitely came back to God. But, you know, God, he, he understands our situation better than we understand him. And he's God, so he can see everything. So, um, I just want to encourage you guys that through this, that God can heal you. You know, God can heal our brokenness and that brokenness is not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing, um, actually, because it brings us that much closer um, to God, you know. Um, I want to go to um, it was another scripture I was going to think about going to, but um Let's go to Mark 14, 3. I think that's where I was heading. Mark chapter 14, verse 3. Some of you guys may be familiar with this story. Okay, so we're in we're in chapter four. Okay, great. Um, and being and being in Bethany at the house of Simon, the the leper. As he sat at the table, Jesus, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. 
verse four but there were some who were annoyed indignant means annoyed among themselves and said why was the fragrant oil wasted five for it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor and they criticized her sharply um first i want to first i want to just point out in verse uh three that this woman um you know, came to Simon's house where Jesus was reclining at the table and she had an expensive jar of, of perfume, probably the only expensive thing that she owned, you know, but she came there, she broke the flask. And, you know, I didn't even really pay attention to that as much. I knew that she poured the oil on Jesus's head, but I never paid attention to the fact that she broke the flask and poured it on his head. Wow. So 300 denarii, I don't know how much that is, but I think that in that time, it's probably pretty expensive. Um, but I mean, I, I just want to point out the significance, significant significance of being, of being, it being broken and expensive. Um, if I can go to, let's go to, let's put our thumb right there. Cause we're going to go back to that. Let's go to I want to say it's Proverbs. I'm getting somewhere. I mean, there's so many different scriptures that that talks about that, but I'm going to go to Proverbs. What scripture? Just a second. Not the scripture of the noble woman, the one where you guys probably know. Where I'm talking about, I just can't can't remember. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Is it, maybe it's Psalms, not Proverbs. Let's see. I mean, maybe it's Proverbs. Not Psalms. Weird. Okay, well, I can't find the scripture. You guys probably... Um, if you're really familiar with, but I'm looking for this scripture. I feel like it just, I know where it is, but I feel like I just, I'm getting either this chapter wrong or either the, um, the verse wrong, but, um, the scripture where God tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that, um, you know, we are just, you know, we're so much to him. So, you know, God, God values us we're, we're, the human life. Like no one can put a price on a, a human life. You know, we are just priceless, you know, um, and we're the only creation that God made that it was made in his image and his likeness. So, you know, that we're very precious to God. So let's go back to Mark um, fourteen three. 
when she said the woman broke the very costly perfume, I think of the perfume as being a human, you know, that we're valuable just like that bottle of perfume is. But when she broke that ointment and she put it on Jesus, it just kind of like was symbolic and just showed me that, um, that not only can, is Jesus like, worthy obviously Jesus is worth everything you know she knew that and she was preparing um you know that perfume pouring it on him as a form of worship for Jesus's burial um I think it means that even though the perfume is valuable um and priceless and worthy like I said we need to be broken um like that uh because Jesus is broken um and in order to be broken, we have to be made whole. So I think that um, it's not a, like I said, you know, being broken is a blessing because it brings us closer to God. And it's even a scripture that I was thinking about earlier, too, um, where God says um, it may have been. Um, I can't remember. He tells us that his grace is sufficient for us, but that we should rejoice, you know, in ourselves and we should rejoice in our iniquities. And, and I understand why he's saying that, because through rejoicing and praising God in that it helps us to see and experience what Jesus experienced. It's like a foretaste of what Jesus has, has experienced and endured for us. So even through our brokenness, there's healing in that because we can be made whole by the only omnipotent God of the universe. He has the power to restore and regenerate our lives. We can say that, you know, Jesus... Jesus did all of these things and, uh, you know, we can never do the things that Jesus has done. No, we can't, you know, with, with our human frailty, we can never accomplish those things. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the very presence of Jesus living in us, we can do those things and even abundantly all of those things, double those things, um, as long as, um, we remain in him and he remain in us. You know, Jesus died on the cross so that um, we can remember that, you know, each and every day that we have to take up our cross every day and follow him to remember that, look, to gaze upon his beauty of that, you know, I've died and I've um, crucified myself and not for you to take up the cross of death again, because you've been renewed, you've been rejuvenated, and you've been uh, redeemed from the bondage of sin and shame and um, all of those things and death. But now you sit at the right hand of me someday. So um, our brokenness is not a bad thing. Yes, it does bring us to our knees. Yes, it does cause pain, but there's hope. Jesus is that hope for us. He died so that we can live an abundant life and that through him, you know, um, God, God wants all of us to experience this. And only way that we can is if we have a surrendered heart, if we seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, if we remember that without him, we can do nothing apart from him. Um, you know, the devil, he may be able to, uh, 
He may be able to uh, hurt our heels, but we, he says that he will, he said that uh, the enemy will um, strike our heels, but there will bruise his head. Um, we'll always be able to do that. We'll always be able to conquer that because Jesus made a way when there was no way. He is the victory. He's the one that um, swallowed up death in itself so that, um, Nothing else in this world can hinder us from having that relationship with him. So if you guys don't take away anything from this whole um, sermon, uh, scripture uh, teaching, I want you to know that Jesus sees your heart. He sees your pain. He sees uh, nights when you stayed up trying to finish school. He sees you're struggling with trying to make ends meet because of the COVID situation. He sees, you know, the loss that you had in your life. And he has a plan for that. He sees that. But we can't we can't he won't do anything and uh, force himself on you. But if you call on Jesus and you ask Jesus for help, he will be there. He will help you in faith by 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 faith. He tells us that by faith that we can do all things, that we can move mountains with a little bit of mustard seed of faith, that we can, you know, call things into existence with a little with just a little bit of faith. Um, that there's nothing that he can't do for us. Um, I just encourage you guys to just depend on God, just to call on God, just to ask him for help. You know, the, the days we are now living in the days of the end. Um, God wants you to draw himself closer to you. He said that if we draw closer to him, he'll draw closer to us in our time of need. And not only in our time of need, but that he said he'll exchange and give us beauty for ashes. You know, we may have many scars and many um, stripes and from this world that this world has given us, but we'll be able to look at those as beauty marks because we know that Jesus is working through us, that Jesus made those marks beautiful in his sight, that our pain was for a purpose. Um, I just encourage you guys to just depend, like I said, on Jesus for healing and uh, for restoration. He is in that business, as they say, for restoration and healing so that, um, you can be live the life that God always wanted you to be so that you your pain can be for a purpose to be able to bless another person that was in that specific situation or that person that may be out down and out in that same case that needs hope. But that doesn't know that there is truth. I mean, that doesn't know that there is a serum of hope out there, that there is an antidote, which is in um, our heavenly father. Um, I just want to. um Thank you and praise you, God, for the hope that you give, Lord, and that um, the eternal, um, the eternal home of heaven that you inherited to the ones that you believe in. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for the listeners tonight, Father Lord, um, though our pain may cripple us, though our pain and our brokenness may uh give us broken smiles, but we're just thankful, Father, that through our brokenness and through our pain, that you can use that for your good, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that even when we fall short and we, we don't acknowledge that um it's you that work that work in this lord i just pray father god that you always help bring us to our knees when we fall short you tell us in your word that um the righteous may fall seven times but they'll never utterly be cast down i just thank you lord for your grace and your truth give us hearts lord of of, of more grace give us hearts um uh, 
of more uh, humility, Lord. Help us to have more compassion on people, how you have compassion on us, Lord. Help us to gaze upon Jesus on the cross when he suffered for us, Lord, which is incomparable to the pain that we've experienced, Father God. But I just thank you, Father God, for the example that you've given us through your son, Jesus Christ, Father God. And I just pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, for the brokenness and the... um the brokenness and um, the pain of, of centuries, Lord, of generational curses, of um, addictions, of anything that the listeners out there are suffering with, Father God, I just pray, Lord, that they will be encouraged to give that to you, Lord, and to place their tre- their trust and their hope in you of being the only eternal God, Father God. I just thank you, Father, that you are closer to us in our time of grieving and mourning and than we could ever know, Lord, and that you comfort us in ways that... Um, um, in ways that uh, the world can, can, can't even comprehend, Lord. Your mysteries are vast and innumerable that no man can fathom your greatness, Father God. But I've experienced your greatness, Lord, and I know what you can do, Lord. And I just pray, Father, that the enemy won't have any access to their hearts, their minds, and, and things that they're experiencing, Father God, at this time, Lord. But that um, they would just come to know you, the only true God, Father God. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus who died and came and sat at the cross at the right hand of you lord i pray this prayer in jesus name amen okay guys um i will be coming back on here again in another week or so and um be i'll try to continue on uh the fruit of the spirit Um, But God bless you guys. I love you guys. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and um, stay tuned again.